Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast, brought to you by NABPAC, the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. I am your host, Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director. With a continued backdrop of news and events that roil so much of the country, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg made her final trip to the court this week as she lay in repose. Mourners have gathered to pay their respects and remember the life of an American icon. Word of Justice Ginsburg's passing came just hours after we taped our show last week, Michaela, and and even before she's laid to rest, the politics of who will replace her has kicked into overdrive. It has, Adam, but the flowers and outpouring of love and honor for the woman so many relished, calling the notorious RBG is what has captured my attention. And for me, too. It is an incredible statement that for the first time in our nation's history, a woman, this woman, will lie in state in the Capitol Rotunda. There's no higher honor. Ruth Bader Ginsburg represents the best of us. To be sure, Adam. Well, meanwhile, back here at NABPAC headquarters, the team remains focused on supporting the membership and preparing for upcoming signature event, the post-election conference. Well, that's not all we're focused on. We've got Shannon Imony from Wells Fargo on the show today, and we have some other news on the podcast front, too. Hashtag fact. I can't wait to speak with Shannon. But you're right. Starting next week, we're kicking off a special five-episode Facts About PACs election series. And over the course of those five weeks, we will bring you, our audience, high-value actionable intelligence, real-time insights, and fresh digital advocacy use cases from an elite group of political and advocacy experts. Hashtag podcasting and hashtag elections. Hashtag facts about PACs. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NABPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's episode is brought to you by the letter P and the number one. P for post-election conference and one for day one coming up on November 11th. Registration is open, my friends, and attractive sponsorship packages remain available. Thanks, Adam. And now for our special guest, Shannon Imony, Senior Vice President, Head of Political Programs at Wells Fargo and Company. Welcome to the Facts About PACs podcast, Shannon. Thanks, Michaela. Really great to have you on the show today. Folks who are not familiar, Shannon is a past president of NAPAC and a real leader in our space, having led the employee-funded PAC at JPMorgan Chase and at the Home Depot, just to name a few. So Shannon, let's get to it. I know you have been personally spearheading an unprecedented GOTV effort at Wells Fargo Mm -hmm. right now. Tell us about that. Sure. Well, I'm so thrilled to be here. NAPAC is near and dear to my heart. So I'm thrilled to talk about the GOTV space that we're working in. So last fall, I sat down with my team and we talked about our get out the vote effort. Now, Wells Fargo has always done get out the vote on a much smaller scale. We always did reminders about your primary deadlines. We did emails leading up to the election. And we've always done ATM ads. But with my experience at my previous company, J.P. Morgan Chase, I knew that we could do more and that we should do more. And I think our employees expect it from a new public affairs team that has been formed this year. So we started really early and we talked about beefing up our primary engagement. We started working with our marketing team internally to talk about how we could promote it on our social channels and get some creative around it. 
So we've developed a huge, robust plan that we're really in the weeds in right now, and I'm really excited to share all the fun things that we're doing. It started back in February with a voter registration drive in Charlotte, North Carolina. We partnered with our Black and African American team member network, and even Congresswoman Alma Adams joined in. And we were really excited to kind of continue that enthusiasm through the whole year, but obviously the pandemic hit and we were all sent home to work. So we kind of had to pivot and we had to really think about how are we going to engage our team members remotely and still give them the authentic experience that we had designed. So we sat down and we really got creative. We had already thought about three emails that we were gonna send leading up to the election. And we changed our voter registration drives to virtual. And this was this took some doing because no one has really done them. So we talked about partnering just like we would in person with the Board of Elections in each of the counties that we picked. And we picked Atlanta, St. Louis, and San Antonio. But then we thought, how could we make this even more enticing? So we invited the mayors of each of those cities to come join us at the top of the meeting to really talk about the importance of civic engagement and what they're doing to prepare for the election. Shannon, I love this. This is innovative and creative. Tell us about the internal process so that your leadership was on board with reaching out to the mayors of these cities, partnering with the Board of Education. Did you get any pushback? Because I had had such experience previously working on voter registration drives I knew that we could do it. It was just getting the buy-in here. So we spent a lot of time talking to our attorneys and talking to our compliance folks about how to do it and how to do it safely. And so we knew that we couldn't partner with non-government agencies. So we always partner with either the Secretary of State's office or the Board of Elections because they're the ones who are actually in charge of registering people how to vote, in charge of making sure you know, polling places and things like that. So it didn't feel partisan. But to be honest, we saw no pushback internally with our leaders on really pushing this effort. Give us a sense how far this outreach goes. Yeah, with this, which is what I think is most exciting for me as a public affairs professional is that we've always done things internal facing. But you know, we've always had a precedence of our ATM ads running and we did it for the census too. And we knew we were gonna do it for GOTV. But I knew if we were touching our customers and clients that way, that we could go bigger. And our marketing team was really excited about this, especially because it was nonpartisan. We weren't collecting any sort of data on our customers. Um, we're not collecting email addresses or mailing addresses or anything like that. It really is just a goodwill effort for citizens of the United States. So we are using our social media channels. So think about Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, also Instagram stories. And we're even going as far as to do in-branch videos and things on our sustainability walls. So any customer or client that comes into one of our branches will see this, but also anyone that follows us on our social media channels will see the efforts that we're putting forth. And we're driving them to a Wells Fargo Votes website, which is completely nonpartisan. And it really is just, how do you find your polling place? Who's on my ballot? How do I change my mailing address? I've had a chance to check out the site. I think it is a great resource, Shannon. And I wanted to say, as we think about a vacuum that's been created in Washington on matters of public policy, important American brands have stepped up throughout the coronavirus, whether it's getting in front of the Defense Production Act or being the interlocutor with PPP loans and all of the things that banks like Wells Fargo were doing, it brings me back to this question. Internally, how are your employees taking this? 
I think because we have ramped up our efforts so significantly, there is some hesitation from some employees about the reason why behind it. And the true reason behind it is that we have a completely new leadership team. We have a completely new public affairs leadership team who really knows the importance of civic engagement and that any company who's in this sphere should really be encouraging their employees to get out to vote and to take the census. So on the other hand, we get emails every day from people who didn't know where to go to register to vote, didn't know how to find their polling places, and were very scared and unsure of how to do that. And we gave them such an easy resource, which it's a one-stop shop. So I think it's on both sides, but I think at the end of this, we're going to... Um, show how well it was. And statistically, in 2018, we had 18,000 people visit wellsfargovotes.com. And at the beginning of this week, we had almost 100,000 people visit uniquely to this website. That's spectacular, Shannon. I got to imagine that tracking your success, you're only going to be able to build on this in elections to come. We're really excited. And we're doing other things you know, to really connect the dots between what our government relations team does to the lines of business, to our community relations team, you know, because it is a complex company, but everything that we do relates, goes back to elected officials and elected officials impact what the business can do. So we really want to really tell a vibrant story about how it's all connected. Wells Fargo had teamed up with Gallup to do a small business index. From the perspective of small business owners, what is that current situation? What are expectations going forward and how do you service the needs? You guys are talking about a brand new leadership team within public affairs and all of the political stuff that you're a part of. That credibility that comes from talking to and listening to your customers and giving a forward-looking outlook that is independent, how's that going? And, and do you find that it's a point of pride even within your company in the employee-funded PAC space? We saw during the response to COVID, you know, we're one of the, one of, if not the largest lender to small businesses. And so really stepping up in that space and really being a voice for them is important. And to, to determine what the future of the company is really important. I mean, we have so many people that work in that space. And so it's so critical to what we do every day. And I think just as we see what COVID does to the economy and to small businesses, I think it'll be even more important that we be seen as a leader in that space as small businesses build and, and reopen or start from scratch. Maybe tell us a little bit about anything new and creative you're doing on the PAC front. We did pause our solicitation this year just because of the uncertainty around the economy, but we didn't stop talking to our PAC members or our PAC eligible. So just to think about our PAC members, we started doing a daily update to the operating committee on our COVID response. And we felt very strongly that our PAC members should receive the same communication. So they would get the, that communication the next morning, the operating committee would get it the day, that night and we would support it the, day, the next day. And I can't tell you how much that gave us credibility. I think we lost one PAC member in six months from cancellation which is, speaks volumes in this economically uncertain time. Um, but we also kept up with our you know, engagement with them. We launched our video. We launched a GRPP podcast. GRPP is Government Relations and Public Policy. We did a podcast where we introduced our new head of government relations and public policy to the company. Um, and then what, what we've also done is we've created 
two events this year that are for all PAC eligible. And they're conversations with elected officials around what's happening, what's happening politically, what's happening legislative in the regulatory space, and how they're dealing with it as members of Congress, um, which has been really great. Our first one was last month. It was with Congressman Clyburn. We had over 9,000 employees register and over 5,000 people joined live that day. So to talk about the enthusiasm, it's there and people are really excited about it. Wait a second. You've got to clarify. How many people were on that thing? There were 5,000 people live. Wow. You know, NAPPAC has been doing all kinds of great member service webinars. We've had just this last week, another teletown hall with lawmakers, and we've had great improvement and interaction with our group. But I guess it just speaks not only to your size, but how important this must be to everybody who's getting involved. Yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting, the feedback that we've gotten. We have another one coming in October that I don't want to tease out too much, but, we're, but they are... You know, we, we try to balance it R&D and keep it, you know, the discussion similar so that people feel like they get both sides of the aisle. Um, but we also follow up, you know, because it is PAC eligible, we can do a very soft solicit. So in our thank you note, we make sure to include the PAC website, the PAC video, and ways to get involved. We also did a call with Nathan Gonzalez, um, who we, you know, have on retainer with all PAC eligible. So we've done a really, really good job of keeping our PAC members and PAC eligible employees engaged. And I think it just, it helps when you can't solicit that you're not losing money. So Shannon, not every bit of news coming out of Wells Fargo is easy, even as you lead on those important issues. Here at NABPAC, diversity, equity, and inclusion is top of mind. We have a task force working on this, but for one of the most important banks in America at every level, for all of your lines of business, this is also top of mind, and your CEO, uh, for lack of a better word, stepped in it the other day and has put out a press release saying, hey, I may have miscalculated my words, but He's doubling down and saying this is a really important effort within the company. And I wonder if you could address that. So I would say that there has always been a commitment to diversity inclusion at Wells Fargo. And I think with Charlie's arrival, he just doubled down on that. And I think that, I mean, it is onus on all of us as leaders. It's in our criteria that we get judged on every year of how are we supporting diversity and inclusion on our teams and within the company and through education. So I think, but we're also in a, in a human moment, right? Like emotions are elevated. This is a very hard year. Everything that is said and done is just, is hard. And so I think, I think we've all had those human moments, but I think what was most important is how we move forward from these moments and we can remain committed. And I love the conversations that we're having because they're authentic and they're no longer, people aren't beating around the bush. They're, they're having those really important conversations at the moment that they need to be had. I echo your comments. I think there's just incredible opportunity for all of us to be better. Exactly. And that's all we can do. Yeah, I just would cap that by saying that one of the things that I see at Wells Fargo that I try to emulate in my own personal practice is storytelling, okay? There have been bumpy roads. There have been things that are still being overcome there. But the commitment to understanding customers and telling stories and connecting people with resources, Wells Fargo's newsroom and stories, it's something to be proud of. And I hope that everyone who's listening turns their web browser in that direction 
because it's worth a look. Wells Fargo Stories is so wonderful. It's an, it's an outward looking storytelling opportunity. And they tell really beautiful stories about employees, about customers, about clients, about ways to get involved. And it is such a great way to tell the Wells Fargo story. We, have, we are such an important brand. There's brighter days ahead. Well, on that note, we just want to thank you very much, Shannon, for being with us today, for sharing all the great successes that you're having at Wells Fargo. We hope you'll come back and see us. Of course. Well, thank you. Don't forget to get out to vote. And coming up next week, join us for the first in a special five-part series leading up to Election Day. Our guest, Eric Rosedahl, Head of Alliances and Stakeholder Impact at Phone to Action. Hey, Michaela, you guys did a great panel together. I'm kind of excited to hear what he's got to say. He will have incredible insight and information for all of us. We are very much looking forward to it. Thank you to all of our listeners for making us the number one pack podcast in America. Until next week, stay safe, stay engaged, and keep moving forward.